Hour number two of the Hoffman Show on the Team 980. Always live as well on the free Odyssey app and streaming live on YouTube at the Team 980. Our next guest, well, at this these days, he's a YouTube star. He's also been covering uh, the Commanders for many, many years. A, a number that, well, I it's enough that I don't remember it. It's, it's, it's like 25, 27, 28. Anthony, hit the magic button, and then we'll ask John how many years it's been at this point. Today's top story, from the perspective of someone who's there. You are looking live. This just in. Not my beat. ESPN's John Kime. Cakes, if we measure it in both years and coaches, how many is this? For the commanders? Yeah. Two. Two two what? In the last in the last five years. They've only been the commanders for two years. (laughs) So I've only covered them for two. Why was I not prepared for a dad joke for you? Jesus Christ. But it's true. Like I didn't start off covering the Washington Commanders. I started off covering the Redskins. You've got so, three team names. How many coaches and how many years have you been on this silly beat? All right. So since 94, and I think for the coaches, it's now nine. So it's Norv, Marty, Spurrier. I'm not including the interim coaches. Norv, Marty, yeah. Spurrier, um, Gibbs, Shannon, oh, Gibbs, Zorn, mm. <laughs> Shanahan, forget? Jay, Ron, and now Dan Quinn. So there nine. we go. You're like, you know, there's like those NBA veterans that have played for 12 teams in 13 years. Like Jamal Crawford was the classic. And like, I remember there was a sideline interview once where they asked him to name all of his coaches like at halftime and he did it. That's, that's you all of a sudden. Um, There have been a few. There have been a few. Uh, Let's focus in on this one though. So uh, this process is under a lot of scrutiny right now. We can talk about that. And we can of course talk about the result. We can talk about Dan Quinn kind of outside of the process, but what did you make of, of how we landed here at Dan Quinn? Because I feel like all along you've kind of been pumping the brakes on some narratives that seem yeah. to be spinning out of control yeah. in other places. So what's the reality of how we got here? So, yes, I had been, and I wasn't alone. I, don't, I know that you, know, you would hear that you know, certainly some people in this group liked Ben Johnson and they, or would have liked an offensive-minded coach. He was never a lock. You know, I never thought that. And I knew that they liked, I knew that they liked Dan Quinn. I knew that going into this, there was nobody in the GM search. It was Adam Peters period, right? That's the guy. And you had to bump him off that nobody was like that entering this coach search. So as we got to this point and like on Monday, for example, Craig, like I had been told probably end of the week higher. So it wasn't like, Oh no, Ben Johnson pulled out. Now you got to spend a few days thinking about it. It was this was the the end of the week, even before Ben Johnson, you know, withdrew his name, even before Mike McDonald with Seattle. You know, I, it was always Thursday or Friday, right? That's what I had heard. So I don't think there was this, and I say that on that I heard it on Monday because that's before all this stuff happened. So it's exactly how it followed suit. I know, like I said, I know Dan Quinn fit a lot of what they were looking for. Plus. He had experience. And um, so I think, so that's why he was always a favored, maybe not the favorite, but a favorite candidate. And I don't know. I know the perception is it was Ben Johnson, but I don't know that they would have hired him for sure. So it's, I, I can't say that he wasn't, 
I can't say that he was going to be hired either because we don't know that he wasn't offered the job. And um, I know, like I said, I know there were people who liked him, but I know it wasn't a lock. Um, then you, of course, had the McDonald news yesterday as well, right. which seemed to be somewhat uh, a factor here. Um, yeah. I, you know, I don't know what, what your knowledge is of what kind of feelers they were putting out. Like, you know, hey, dude, are you getting on the plane to go accept the job? Are you still interested? What, did, what happened yesterday uh, in the reality of, of us landing on Quinn today? Well, I think part of the reality with McDonald, it seemed like he and Seattle had an infatuation for each other, right? And um, so, you know, I I think things went pretty well here with him. I don't know. Like I said, they he was not offered the job here. So I don't know that he turned him down, but certainly he liked Seattle. And you're going, he's going to a place where you have John Schneider's a proven GM and they built really good teams out there. So I think, um, you know, maybe after having been in a stable situation with, with uh, front office like Baltimore, that that's what you were looking for that rather than new. I don't know. And I don't know, like, like I said, I don't know that he would have been the guy either. I think it's like, you know, certainly would have given them another option. I, but I can't say that I can't say that it was like oh Ben Johnson no okay now you got to go to oh big I don't know that it was a one two three now we're on Dan Quinn I don't know that it was that right um, so I think um, but it certainly took away one really good option for them and you know the thing is too, the thing is too Craig like you know this all these coaches like first of all. There are a lot of people who didn't know who Mike McDonald or Ben Johnson were a month and a half ago, and they suddenly couldn't live without him. Right. Um, I kind of, I always find that funny. Like, but w- there's also a lot of stuff we wouldn't know about them. You know, Ben Johnson coaching a fantastic situation in Detroit. You have a strong head coach. You had a veteran quarterback with a really good line and really good skill talent. He made it work with that offense. Like, I liked his offense a lot. I really did. And so I think he's a very good offensive mind. Not taking anything away from him, but when you become a head coach, you have to build that. And same thing with McDonald. Like McDonald's coming, you know, his defense, he's very creative as a defensive coordinator. Love that, right? But, you, again, you have to build that. So that's where Quinn had, had an edge, was that he, we've, you know, we, the public, he, they have seen what he can do in that role. And, you know, I mean, you know, so I think that always was a help, too, I believe. John Kime, ESPN, of course, the John Kime Report podcast as well. Uh, you can subscribe to their new membership on YouTube, which is very cool. So if you exclusive cakes material, uh, you just go subscribe to their membership on the Empire Media page. Uh, so I guess the, the remaining question that even if you're like, hey, I like Quinn, but this process is a little weird. Right. Like we can talk yeah. about Quinn specifically. This will be my last process question. Is they were still ultimately the last team to decide. Yeah. So uh-huh. if if you're looking at it that way and say, well, even if they wound up with their number one guy, what took so long? What, what did they do differently, for better or for worse, that they were the last team to fill their spot? When it seemed like, especially after the way they did the GM hire and for how desirable we thought this job was, we thought they would be one of the first. Well, part of the problem is look at how many candidates they had that were still alive in the playoffs. Right. So four of their final candidates, or let's see, it was, yeah, 
two at Baltimore, two at Detroit. That right there is partly why. Like, first of all, Atlanta interviewed like 30 people for their job, but not everybody was in the playoffs still. The people that they wanted were still alive in the postseason. So that, and you have to fulfill the Rooney Rule requirements. You have to interview two minorities from outside the organization in person. That wasn't going to happen until this week. So, you know, that was part of why it took to this point for them. Now, they could have, you know, had they wanted to just to, you know, check boxes and do that, you could have gone and done that. But Aaron Glenn and Anthony Weaver were legitimate candidates. So, you know, I, I think um, if they – I would say this, like, had they – had Dan Quinn been the guy all along, you could have gone and fulfilled that rule in a different way. Um, but he was part of a group that they liked, right? So that's partly why it took so long is that they wanted to interview all these candidates and they were still alive in the postseason. And, you know, so, and, and, and then with the requirements, et cetera. So that, that's why that's, you know. Yeah, no, that makes sense. The whole, the whole, uh, you know, the calendar. I think, by the way, uh, we don't need to go back into this because at this day, at this point, it's, it's old news, but, you know, that's why the Ben Johnson thing was so weird, too. Like, he was still in the playoffs, and they scheduled yeah. the interview before the playoffs. And so when he changed his mind, yeah, it sucked. But it was less than 48 hours after a season ended when the commanders were on the plane to Detroit. Uh, John Keim, again, ESPN, ESPN.com is with us. So, uh, short question here. What do you make of Dan Quinn as the head coach of the commanders? I mean, I know the it's a big reaction. side, John. That was a big no, sigh. It's a big sigh because there's so much with it and because the reaction to it is not commensurate with the hire. Mm. I would, that's, why I do, that's why I take a deep breath like that. He is a, very, he's a good coach. And I have I talked throughout this process, I've talked to a lot of people, and everybody had, was really, really high on Dan Quinn. Now, I say that, and, you know, we all know the history there. We know what happened in Atlanta. He got a team to the Super Bowl. They also blew the lead there, right? That's all part of his history. Um, he had a really good defense in Seattle. He had a really good defense in Dallas. I know he had a bad last game with the Cowboys. Guess what? Sean McVay had a bad last game in Washington, 10 points against the Giants. So don't use one game to measure any coach. But, you know, I think – I know um, part of the concern is, you know, is, you know, is, you know, the word retread or is it Ron 2.0 there? First of all, he's coming to a different situation than Rivera did. You have a much stronger ownership group. You have a football GM who is in charge. This is not a coach centric thing. You know, he's not coming to that. And um, I think the big key for him will be who do you hire as your OC and then just staff in general. I don't care who they hired as a coach, whether it's Ben Johnson, you know, Belichick, Mike Vrabel, whomever. The number one key for anybody is to hire a strong staff. If you don't do that, you will not win. When Joe Gibbs came back, the defensive staff was fantastic. The offensive staff was not. The defense was really good for four years. The offense was up and down. So, like, you know, you have to hire a strong, strong staff. And then they have to get the quarterback position right. So that's why I say, like, I think, you know, I think he's a – I don't like the word 
safe pick necessarily. I think he's a proven pick, right? Um, yeah. I don't know what the ceiling is here. Like, I have questions. Everybody else is going to have questions. Like, you know, ideally you'd like to see a guy as, oh, this guy, you know, was, was great here, here, and here. I mean, Seattle plucked Pete Carroll out of um, USC, but he was an average coach in terms of record at New England and the Jets. And so, you know, I don't know what the, you know, so you just, it's just hard to know sometimes. And if you get the right quarterback, you can have success. If you hire the right offensive staff, and I say staff because it's not just coordinator, you better have a good quarterbacks coach too, because if your coordinator leaves in a couple of years, you can elevate from within, you know, and keep that same system. I think that was part of his downfall in Atlanta, but also part of the downfall there was the defense was never that's his side of the ball. It was never really good. And so why is that? So what changes is he going to make to his, to his program to make sure that the defense is better than what he had in Atlanta? And so I think that those are the things, like, he's also – some of the things that you hear about him, I mean, like this offseason he spent time talking to – or I think it was – I don't know if it was last offseason maybe – talking to NBA coaches – about their process of finding, you know, how do you use in, a, in an era where, you know, players aren't necessarily defined by a position anymore, how do you use them? How do you maximize them? And then transferring that knowledge onto football players, right? So like the way you see Micah Parsons used, for example, things like that. So there's a, there's a you know, you see, you hear some of that stuff. So that's, it's all good. But again, it still comes down to, do you hire the good staff and you have a good quarterback? And I would say that for any of these candidates, like, there are things that I, were intrigued to me about Anthony Weaver, about Aaron Glenn, about Ben Johnson, about Mike McDonald, right? All those guys. And, you know, I, I'd have some of the same questions, but the question, what we do know with, with, with Quinn is he knows how to handle, he knows how to build an organization. He knows how to work with the GM in conjunction to build the roster, et cetera. I think those are all important things. So, I mean, I, mean, I think this is a good hire. Is it, is it some, is it, you know, certainly a, fans are going to buy a million season tickets tomorrow higher? No. But to me, you know, I've been here in this offseason where moves look great in February and stink in September. So see where it is at the end of the year, and are they headed in the right direction? Are they playing better, more sound football? That's when we'll really know. Right now it's just it's the start of it. So that's it. Yeah, no, 100%. And I think I think another thing that's interesting with fans and the reaction and I this is I think where uh, I'm at and I wouldn't be surprised if you're you're with me here is like because he's known and because it's yeah. not like Carol coming from USC who had all of a sudden right. gone to these new heights, it doesn't feel like the ceiling is as high, but yeah, I, I yeah, I I do think that like the idea like to go back to something you said earlier in that answer that he's a football coach coming to coach football, which is not only what didn't happen the right. last four years, but not what he had set up uh, fully in Atlanta either. He had some personnel control and probably a little too much power over the roster in Atlanta, which ultimately went sideways. I think that to me is the the ceiling raiser and the thing that that I'm most excited about is the structure is finally sound. I think that's a big thing too, and you can't. You, that's why I say like this 2.0 talk is is not accurate, you know, for a lot of reasons. But part of it is he's coming to a different organization, so. Now, we don't know how all these guys are going to be in this role. Like, Adam Peters has never been in this role in a full-time position, right? And now we do know that Dan Quinn has been in that, but Adam Peters is not. 
So how does that all work? And, you know, will it go, how smoothly will that go? Um, I think that's why they were so big on the quote aligned vision. And it's, you know, that's the new buzz phrase this, with this, with this group. Um, and it's why some candidates were not looked at because they may have wanted too much power and that was not going to work with their setup. So, you know, I, I think there's going to be a lot to learn about everybody here. Um, and yeah, I agree with you. Like, can he build, can he coach, not just coach team to Super Bowl? We've seen that he's done that, but can he get, can he do it? Can he build a consistent, help build a consistent winner? Cause we have, you know, he didn't like, he had a couple of years in Atlanta that were good. And then a couple that were not. So, you know, that's, that's what we know. And, um, there are also Julio Jones. I think it was Julio Jones in the end zone dropped the one. Yep. I think, yep. yeah, you catch that. And they're back in the NFC championship game two years in a row. So, you know, it's just, it's a good hire. Yeah. So I don't, I, I don't, I, I never quite understood um, some of the angst with it. I understand like, and I understand like the, the flashy new toy, cause it's the unknown and it's, it's very akin to, do you draft Jaden Daniels or, or Drake may, or do you sign a, a veteran quarterback that we already know who this guy is, Right. Or do you go for, like, Jaden Daniels could change the NFL. Maybe he does, maybe he doesn't, right? right? Drake May could be this. He could be that. We don't know. So I think I understand how some people, that, that is enticing to, to people. I mean, you know, even as a reporter, as a writer, it's, it's interesting to me because you're exploring possibilities because you don't know the answer. And, um, but with Quinn, we've seen what he can do as a coach, and there's no reason to think it can't be – better or more consistent and you know if you if you have a couple years where you win 10 11 games here you know how many 11 win seasons i've covered in my time here craig that would be zero john zero Zero. it would be zero and i wanted to ask you too by the way how many playoff wins have you covered two two dan quinn had five in atlanta i I mean so you know um but I, i think part of it too is and i wonder like you know for fans and this is what I'm kind of gathering too. They wanted the this, this splashy off seasons. Adam Peters was the GM. Ben Johnson was the coaching candidate. Get them all here because it signals the new day, and it's a different era because of that. And I think that's part of it. But I do, I will say like Peters was a massive hire. That was a really good hire. And um, you know everybody I've heard from Quinn really really respects not just likes him, but really respects him. I had one former, somebody who coached with them was like, he does the best job of any coach he'd been around of setting the standard in the building. And like that stuff all matters. And it's, it's more than what I've heard for a lot of coaches here. So, you know, that, but again, Craig, I don't know where it's going to go. Cause no, like, I can say all that, but I can't sit here and say like, you watch and they're going to roll. I don't know that. Right. You know, you have to get the staff right. You have to get the quarterback right. I mean, you, I, I've covered zero quarterbacks who have started for more than three years. Zero. Yeah. I just, so, like, you know, like. Haven't you and I covered the same amount that have started three years in a row, which is one, which is Kirk? Yeah. Well, I covered, Sorry for no, leaving you been, on the beat then. That's clearly my I fault. Think, I think Gus Farratt was three, too. Someone else. There was oh, someone else okay. that was three as well. But, but yeah, I mean, and. You know, I, I know like a lot of people want the offensive coach. I get it. Like I think yeah. all things being equal, but I've covered seven, I think six or seven offensive coaches. And in my time here, this offense has stunk. 
most of the time. And right. it's not like it's not just because, you know, they haven't had the quarterback, the organization's the bad. I get it. But it's not an end all be all and the the you know, arguably the best coach I covered was a defensive guy in Marty Schottenheimer. And I mean just for his tenure here, what he did with that roster was terrific. And and the owner foolishly fired him and John Schneider at the same time. <laughs> Whoopsie daisies. I mean, yeah, it's yeah, like, yeah. So it was a bad place to be. But that's the point. Like it's a different place now. And I think you're gonna have a just I think based on everything you hear about Adam Peters, you hear about Dan Quinn, that this is just a far better setup than they've had in a long time. Now, again, get the staff right, get the quarterback right, or it won't matter. Yes, and the staff is kind of the next step. Uh, we obviously are hoping to know who the offensive coordinator is, but it feels like we're probably going to have a week of waiting on that if, if some of these San Francisco guys are in play because right. you can't interview anybody. So uh, we will wait uh, with bated breath on that, see what he does on the defensive side. Uh, and then it's on to all the draft talk, John. Uh, so we got we got plenty to talk about this offseason. That is for sure the blankest of slates, which uh, in some ways is fun, in some ways is terrifying. Uh, John will have all the coverage, though. Uh, he's got a story up now on the Quinn hiring and, and a lot of the stuff we just talked about in more detail on ESPN.com. Highly recommend reading that. And then, of course, his podcast, The John Kime Report, uh, which has episodes very frequently during the week. Uh, and then now brand new member exclusive episodes and live streams as well. Go to the Empire Media YouTube page for that. Cakes, always appreciate your time, my friend. Uh, are you going to be in uh, in Vegas next week for Super Bowl, doing indie for Combine? When will I see you next? Um, no, no, and no. Owners' meetings uh, will be okay. It's warm oh, you're taking, weather. It's you're warm taking weather. the fancy trips. It's warm weather. Yeah, the, you're smart. The, combi- the combine is the combine is is fine, but it's like it's become this massive, massive thing, and it just it's there's like 900 media members there. That's too many. Yeah, well, they have, they have a they have a radio row, and some of those people will sit down. And John, these three hours don't fill themselves. I know, listen. That's and that's great. Like, but for me, you know, it's, it's yeah. funny though because like they're so busy there. Like that the, at the owners' meetings, they're relaxed. It's nice that's weather. True. It's better quotes. That that is true. <laughs> that's a vet move right there. there All right, go. John Kime, everybody. Thank you, sir. I'll talk to you. Thanks, Craig. All right, uh, cakes again. ESPN.com for the story. John Kime report. The podcast. When we get back, John's ESPN colleague, Kimberly Martin, joins us for her thoughts. And she has some additional reporting on how this all went down as well. Kim, next on The Hoffman Show.